0: This is the Same Jesus Podcast, a conversation between a pastor, a theologian, and their guests excavating what it means to follow Jesus in the context of a movement known as the Foursquare Church. In this first season, A.J. Swoboda, Russell Joyce, and all their guests will discuss the identity and values that have been the ethos of Foursquare for the past 100 years. You're listening to Episode 1, Identity.
1: My name is Russell Joyce. I am a pastor at Faith Center Church in Eugene, Oregon, and the director of church planting for Foursquare. And I'm joined by my The one, the only. Esteemed colleague. The one,
2: the only. Dr. Reverend Dr. A.J. Sumota. And you are a reverend. I am uh, a reverend. We are, both. We are. by the way, both Foursquare ordained Foursquare pastors. We are. I serve more in the academy. I teach Bible theology at Bushnell University in Eugene, Oregon. And I get to go to church with you. You're my pastor, and I once was yours. And we get How fun. How fun. Super fun. So fun. What classes are you teaching
1: right now? Too many.
2: Many. (laughs) I I think I'm teaching 400 classes right now. So in total, it's it's a pretty normal week for me.
1: They are getting their money's worth. Mm -hmm. Let's set up the podcast, sort of the framework for this season. What are we doing? Obviously, with a name like the same Jesus, we could do all sorts of stuff. And who knows if more than 20 people listen to this, then we will. If it's only 20 people, we'll do a Zoom call next season.
2: Although 20 people matters. If 20 get in, we're good. I'm happy with
1: 20. Jesus would say 20 matters. But as you said, we're not just any old pastors. We are four square (laughs) pastors. And really the idea, the genesis for this podcast has emerged with some conversations that have been had, especially with younger pastors in our movement that have centered around a question that goes like this. What the heck is four square? Yeah, who are we? Who are we? Yeah, who are we? And so we thought, you and I, that we would, even though we are not Foursquare historians, nope. qualifiers, we're not Foursquare nope. historians, we are nope. not Foursquare theologians, though you're a little bit closer to that than I am.
2: Yeah, nor, nor, nor have we been in Foursquare no. for a long time. No, but no. So, n- neither of us so are we
1: are not qualified in the slightest to be doing this. No, but absolutely not. we love Jesus. We have found ourselves part of this movement, and we love this movement. Yes. And we do believe that perhaps there might be some value added with a podcast like this, articulating the identity and the values of this movement yep. for the next generation. Yep. And we have some interesting kind of stories that really get at this. I mean, mine, I, uh, I planted a church before pastoring in Eugene. I planted a church in Brooklyn, New York. And I remember distinctly 2016, we received our first check from the Foursquare Church to support this church plant. I saw the name ICFG come across our bank account. Money dropped in to support Hope Brooklyn, what would be Hope Brooklyn. And my heart was filled with horror. And I thought, who the heck is Foursquare? Like, What is Foursquare? I I could not articulate why I was planting a church with Foursquare. It wasn't until a couple of years later, when I was asked to develop church plant training for pastors and planters on the East Coast, that in my integrity, my pastoral integrity, I thought there's no way I can ask people to plant Foursquare churches unless I know what Foursquare is. Probably was. Yeah, Yeah, I would say so. And I did a deep dive on Foursquare. Foursquare's history, Foursquare's founders, Foursquare's core theology. And lo and behold, I came to find out I am Foursquare. And actually we have a really wonderful set of values and core doctrine that if we could articulate ourselves well, I think would really resonate with with the next generation, and in this current moment, do you have a similar story? Well, first of all, I, the
2: the the thing that stands out to me hearing your story this is this is not unique to you. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this story. Like, totally. My goodness, I'm a part of this church. I became a pastor in this church. Now I'm planting a church, and then and then like after the fact, you recognize like the family you're in. Right. And I think that's actually one of the really unique things about Foursquare is that we, as a movement really value like fostering people. Yeah. I say I, the image of foster care to me, yeah. like, like welcoming. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like I'm a part of this movement. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know.
1: You don't need to have things figured out. You can no. come and be a part. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's yes. boundaries, but, sure. it just,
2: but at the end of the day, like so many people are, are almost surprised that they're part of the family. Right. I distinctly your, your story was, you know, the first time you received a check or square. <laughs> And I think one of my stories was similarly planted a church in Portland, wonderful, awesome four-score church called Theophilus that continues to worship in the heart of Portland today. Planted it with my wife, Quinn, over the course of about 10 years. You were an intern there. Yeah, I about it's to say incredible. it had a great internship yeah. program. Yeah. Life-changing internship program, really. One might I say one, I, I think you'd probably be a Southern Baptist today if it weren't for that internship. <laughs> I painted Anyways.
1: those walls. Come on. Watch those come on, children. Come
2: on, come on. <laughs> I we had planted the church and this this awesome community was getting off the ground. And I remember about four years into the church plan, getting a okay. phone call from the district supervisor to meet with him. And he took me into his office and told me, you need to start tithing
1: hmm.
2: to our movement. And we'd kind of tipped up to that point. I mean, we you got four years oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, before you, hold on, you were hold on, called on, into the office. So, <laughs> We'd been like kind of tipping before that. Totally. I was, you know, little tips, but church plants, you know, you don't have a lot to give. And he called me into his office and he said, you know, like you're, you're with us, like so you support the thing. And for me, it was like, oh, like we're in it. I should probably figure out who we're giving money to now. And it was this realization that, you know, the same movement that helped us get off the ground was a movement that now we needed to support back. And for me, I think at actually that moment, when we started to give Faithfully to our movement was when we really became a part of it, yeah. and yeah. in in a way, it's kind of the opposite. You, you know, you you realize, oh my gosh, we got a check, and, I'll, and then I had to realize, oh my gosh, who are we writing these checks to? Right. And it was, you know, upon you know, doing doing some work that we began to realize the kind of family that we're in. So I really appreciate what you said. Neither of us are scholars yeah. on this topic of foursquare. Neither of us are like historically have more than 25 years. I've got maybe 25 years in our movement. So we come into it kind of with fresh eyes. And I kind of like that about our perspective is that we come into it not having a whole lot figured out. And so one of the things, unique things about our movement is (laughs) our favorite verse, (laughs) right? Which is like everything.
1: It's like, it's like, it's, we put it on our walls. It's the first bylaw for opening a church in Foursquare before it says anything about council. It yeah. says you need to have this verse yeah. in your church.
2: I don't even know if you have to like think through like what you think about Jesus. You just have to have the verse. Just,
1: down. just write the verse down. Yeah. Put it somewhere. If you have it. Above s- the urinal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere. Actually, that was when we started the church, I, 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 I called the district and I said, you know, we're renting a space. So where do I, where do I put the verse? And our district supervisor said, not jokingly, he said, just get some stickets, like, like yellow stick sticky notes yeah. and just write the verse on there and just put them in random places in the, in the, in the church.
1: <laughs> Take one with you. <laughs>
2: and I said, you're kidding me? He goes, no, just have it up somewhere. And, you know, the verse is a verse. And I'm, there's a lot of verses, which is Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Love the verse. I'm also grateful that our denomination
1: didn't make other verses sort of the required verse. Look to the ant, you slugger. Yeah, I'm grateful, grateful <laughs> that's not the required verse. If you walked into the worship center and you just saw, I don't know, something like, behold, it was Leah or hmm. something. Yeah.
2: I yeah, I don't know Matt, if people would, I mean, that certainly wouldn't connect on the same level. It no. doesn't have the street the street connection that's, no. that 13.8 does. But really, you know, this verse represents not just a deep, like theological perspective, like a Jesus-centered perspective. It's also culturally very important for yeah. us in the sense that it speaks to some of the values that we believe in as a a movement. Tell me about the verse.
1: Yeah. So why why the verse? So here's my first question for you. As a theologian, Hebrews 13, 8. I've read Hebrews chapter 13. Yes. How does that verse fit into the context of the rest of the passage? Yeah,
2: okay. So first of all, Hebrews, the the whole whole book of Hebrews, the context, it's written to Hebrews. (laughs) Jews who have come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah. And by virtue of just the whole kind of narrative structure of the book, the the article, the 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 author who we are clueless as to who it it may be, the author is going out of their way to attempt to communicate the story of Jesus by utilizing really key Old Testament texts. There's no there's no New Testament books that quotes more Old Testament than the Book of Hebrews. They're constantly Matthew and Hebrews. They both quote a ton. So the author is trying to cast Jesus as the fulfillment of like the whole. Bible, the
1: true Melchizedek. He is the, the high true priest, high priest. All that yep. stuff.
2: So he is the the central feature of. And the author, by the way, of a lot of Hebrew scholars actually don't believe that this was originally written. That it was originally a sermon. I've heard that. So that it was originally you know spoken. In Could you house imagine church.
1: if Hebrews was preached in our churches oh, today?
2: <laughs> well, there's a point actually in Hebrews 10 where the author says to those who are listening, yeah. he makes a comment as though they're in the room still. Yeah. So somebody who's transcribing it forgot to take out to the reader. They yes. say something about the audience. Could you? But to imagine that—to hear it read in, in, to to spoken. So this is a this is a text that was intended to be for real people on the ground, and the whole point is, Jesus is the complete fulfillment of everything you've been longing for. Mm -hmm. And so, when you read Hebrews thirteen eight, it certainly is set in its Jewish context. Really important to understand that, but more importantly than that is this: the author of Hebrews wants us to see that what Jesus can do is to reveal to us that the power of God does not expire. And this is like for Foursquare, the the thing is the idea that we do not believe in a past tense experience of God.
1: Amy's, uh, she would often ask in her messages, is Jesus Christ the great I was or is Mm, he the great I am? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Is he the same?
2: Which in our world, actually, Russell, you and I both know this. There would be whole movements that would actually disagree For sure. on some level Absolutely. With, that, with that perspective Absolutely. that there are elements of the work of Jesus that have expired. And what? So this, I, is, this is an important, not just theologically, but culturally. It's because we anticipate that Jesus continues to do this stuff.
1: Totally. And I, and I think that's even a really good segue to the name itself, Foursquare. Because I grew up on the East Coast. So when I learned I was part of a Foursquare church, my first thought was, you mean the social media app yeah. that went defunct? You yeah. remember that app? Yeah.
2: I thought it was the game that you play with the ball when you hit it back and forth.
1: Both of those things yeah. and neither of those yes. things. Really what it's talking to, the the the, the term Foursquare came out of a particular interpretation of Ezekiel's prophecy of yeah. the four creatures that Amy saw as related to the fourfold ministry of Jesus, which is super important. Because when we're saying four square, we are not saying four elements of doctrine. We are saying almost the fourfold ministry of Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the center. Jesus is the foundation, which is really, really important.
2: Yeah, It is doctrinal in the sense that the, the early score folks that 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 kind of codified this into our movement. It is a doctrinal position. Sure. Jesus Christ, Savior, Healer, Baptizer, and soon coming King. But but it's so much more multidimensional than that. So I think when I think of Ezekiel, you have this image that almost
1: feels what, like. What do you think when you think of Ezekiel? I, honestly,
2: <laughs> it reads like somebody that just went to Burning Man and totally. they don't know how to describe what they just saw. Yep. Like they, they don't have apocalyptic literature usually does this, is it? it just leaves you wondering like, w-
1: what just happened? What are, what are we what are this this looking a, at? Is this
2: an ACDC concert? Yeah. Everybody, I mean, well, like what, what is happening here? But when you read it, it's this image of these, these creatures that are moving around and you see all these different dimensions. I actually think the same stuff is going on in First John. John is writing this little letter about Jesus. And he says about Jesus, he's talking about the incarnation, the coming of Jesus. And he says, we saw him. We held him, we touched him, we felt him. This sense that Jesus is not 1D, he's multi dimensional. Yeah. And that he's not merely Christ, he's also healer. He's not merely healer, he's also king. He's not just king, he's also friend. And the person of Jesus is multi dimensional. So it is doctrinal, but when you think about it like a picture, the only way you can
1: really see somebody is you got to look at them from different angles. So to me, it's a beautiful concept. But- and what it, I mean, what it just made me think of too, talk about adding—I don't know—a sense of holiness as you're walking to the worship center and you see yes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever yes. over the door, and you're entering into Ezekiel's vision. Yes, you're entering yes. into a room into yes. a people where the very presence of Jesus, the multi-dimensional. Presence of Jesus yes. is encountering us. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. what Amy had in mind. Yeah, Let, let's let's yeah. go into the fourfold ministry itself. So we say four square. There's four functions to the ministry and to the personality, the person of Jesus. Yeah. What are those four?
2: Yeah. So the, and by the way, this was not. And people that study right. at Amy yeah. would say this was not Amy's. This wasn't She didn't new. come up with her. Yep. She was a she was a master communicator who mm-hmm. knew how to draw draw from the sources. Yeah. But this this is an early Pentecostal value, which is. This four-dimensional perspective that Jesus is the Savior. So, Soter, he's the Savior, conquers sin and darkness. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is a Savior, healer. In Greek, the word for healing is the same word as salvation. So, it's the idea of being whole, the entire mm-hmm. person. So, 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 Jesus Christ and Savior. He's a healer. He's a baptizer. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. This is actually something that's interesting about our doctrine. Is Our doctrine is actually more Christological. It's about Jesus yeah. more than it is about the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. That, which is unique because most Pentecostal movements would be more on the, on, on, centered on the Holy Spirit.
1: And we're going to talk about that in later episodes yeah, yeah. as well. So I don't want to, I don't want, yeah. We don't want to get into that. But topic. it is so true.
2: But Savior, Healer, Baptizer, baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And soon coming King. So this idea that we are really, yes, on our tippy toes waiting for Jesus to come back. Yeah. And before we finish this podcast, He may come back. So those are for Amy. Let it be but so again, she's learned. she's drawing on the sources around her. But she that that became for her and the earliest uh, foursquare mm-hmm. folks the the kind of central way of imagining our movement.
1: Yeah, and and I read also in a biography on Amy by Edith Blouwer that that Brilliant phrase book. great book, really great book everybody's sister that phrase foursquare also had a connota- a cultural connotation in the twenties as well that meant sort of the sense like she gave the example of. No, you could be four square with Uncle Sam. So that meant you were solid, loyal, faithful, strong. So, in a sense, when we're saying this is the four square gospel, we are standing on the solidity of Jesus as the healer. Yes. We are standing on the loyalty of Jesus as the spirit baptizer. We are standing and gathering on the faithfulness of Jesus, the savior. That's a I mean, that is an incredible thought, an idea. Now,
2: okay. But I, I can hear, I can hear somebody on the other side of this conversation say this. Well, you call it the four square gospel. Isn't that just a new gospel? Sure. Isn't that a different gospel? Isn't that like different than the normal gospel? That is not what Amy had in mind. That's right. not what the, what we have in all in any way, shape, or form. It is that when we say the four square gospel, we are describing the gospel in a four square way, but yeah. it's not a different gospel. I, I actually think denomination every denomination has its own unique almost slant on how they tell the gospel but yeah. they it's not that it's a different gospel it's just a unique slant and for us that that value of Christ as savior healer baptizer soon coming king is just a unique perspective on it but it's not a new gospel it's just there there's a scholar who wrote a book years ago who talks about the, the pentecostal gospel as just a really unique slant on on the gospel i like that word slant it's like it's like just it's 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 a unique perspective, but it's not new. Just a unique perspective, like in
1: the same way that we have four gospel accounts and not just one Bingo. gospel account. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. need four different ones that emphasize the same Jesus, Bingo. but like a different focal yes. point, a yes. different, like you were saying earlier, yep. a different way to look at Jesus. That's
2: exactly right. So, really, what we want to do in this first, really in this first season, is we want to attempt to articulate yeah. some of the core identity issues. In foursquare, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the glories of foursquare, yep. but I think we're also gonna be honest gonna be about honest. some of the things yeah. that have been hard. Absolutely, about our movement. Absolutely, and skeletons in the foursquare closet, as it were. I'll be a fun
1: episode.
2: Yeah, but the truth is, you know, like we we get to do this both as sympathetic participants absolutely. in the movement, yeah, but also wanting to be honest about the movement itself. And, and I, I think, think that's important. That's yeah, it's important to say
1: important. is that we are not doing this from a position of a critic of foursquare. Yeah, we are doing this from a position of pastors in this movement that love this movement, that feel honored to be a part of this movement, and by God's grace, hope to see this movement continue to serve its purpose in God's kingdom. And one thing we forgot to mention at the start, the way that each episode is going to flow, we are going to introduce a topic or a concept. AJ and I are going to discuss it for a bit as we've done, and then we're going to bring on a guest Yes, because we have wonderful, wonderful leaders all across this Foursquare movement to just enrich the conversation. Absolutely. So. Our first guest is Tammy Donahue. Donahue. Yes. She is going to be joining our conversation. She is previously the general supervisor of the Foursquare US Church. Yes. She is now the newly appointed Dean Dean at, Portland Seminary, at Portland, in Portland Seminary. Portland Oregon. Yes. And she's someone who's been incredibly important and and just a
2: personally denomination, yeah, kingdom-wise. Absolutely. Wise, absolutely.
1: But before we bring her on, let's just sum up what we've talked about thus far. So when we say Foursquare. Ultimately, what are we saying?
2: We're saying Jesus, Jesus. Ain't, ain't no one-trick pony. Yeah. And, and yeah. That, that he doesn't do one thing. Yep. He He is, Jesus, is the great, I, there's a Jewish phrase I love, tikkun ah Olam." It's the, the Jewish phrase.
1: The restoration the, of the world.
2: The, the repair of all things. That Jesus is not merely dying for our sins. He is literally repairing. Every crack, crevice, and atom of the universe yeah. back
1: to God. He doesn't just want to forgive our sins. That that just sort of that's is, very
2: important. It's but important. Not the only place. But he he wants to heal us. Exactly. He wants to
1: fill us with the Spirit. Yes. Jesus is the cornerstone. Absolutely. Jesus is the foundation. Everything. All right. Let's bring on Tammy.
2: Holy smokes, Russell! We have with us a, a matriarch in the faith. I for don't. Sure. I don't know yeah. mother. Mother. I mean. Paul, there's a line in Paul's letter to Romans where he calls this woman his his, his mom. And of course, she wasn't his physical mom. She was this woman was Paul's spiritual mother. And we get to have uh, Tammy Dunahoo with us. Uh, Tammy is the former general supervisor of the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel, and recently through a transition, is now going to be entering into a new season of life where she's going to be the dean of the seminary, Portland Seminary, which is actually the seminary that I went to. And I can only imagine that in the halls of that seminary, there is screaming with. Tremendous joy that you are on your way. Tammy, we want to talk to you a little bit about your experience with Foursquare. And actually, it was, I think, about 15 years ago, I got asked. It was a mission trip. We came, of all places, we came on a mission trip to Arkansas because Arkansas needs Jesus too. <laughs> and you, Tammy, and Gary were pastoring. A, you planted a church in, in, yes. in Arkansas. And it was the first time that I had had the opportunity to meet you. And from that moment on, the, the spiritual ties were so deep. And I remember you telling a story over pizza to me. You told a story about why you came to Foursquare. What in the world happened?
3: We had grown up in a denomination, very classical Pentecostal Mm. Church of God. uh, was the denomination. And Gary and I found ourselves in a very complex and uncomfortable position (laughs) where we were no longer aligning to the Mm. church of our childhood. Yes. And much of it, AJ, had to do with the beliefs and more the practice Mm. of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit-filled and Spirit-formed life. Mm. And I saw a lot of absolute adamant belief in the language of initial physical evidence. You're not filled with the Spirit if you don't Mm. speak in tongues. And yet the behaviors that I saw did not align yeah. to the beliefs we were talking yeah.
2: about. Interesting.
3: And I began to encounter the fullness of the Holy Spirit through an individual who was teaching Gary and I, who did not believe any longer mm. in this practice. And so I was in a very difficult place, oh my not sure I believed in any of it because mm. I did not see the integrity of beliefs and practice. Mm. When we encountered Pastor Jack Hayford in 1981 at his pastor's conference. And when that happened, we encountered the fullness, the formation of the Holy Spirit in individuals and in the collective church and watched the gifts get shepherded in the church. And we had such a beautiful encounter with the Holy Spirit. That it redirected our entire lives and brought us to the Foursquare Church because of the alignment of the language and mm. the practice and the mm. beauty of spirit filled language and a spirit form life.
2: I think what I hear you saying, let me just clarify for those that are listening. I think what I hear you saying is in your previous environment, you saw the gifts of the spirit without the fruit of the spirit, but something drew you a kind of non I don't know, non-weird expression of Pentecostalism. An integrated expression. I like that word, integrated, a holistic perspective. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah, I've heard it used, sanely Pentecostal. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, I feel like I could say like, Paul, I speak in tongues more than you all, and I truly have found (laughs) a beautiful spiritual language. Here's what I discovered. When we make it evidentiary, Mm -hmm. when it's the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, then it becomes proof.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: and not a practice to be lived. Interesting. And I watched people who demanded proof and did not practice uh, what I found to be the fruit of the Spirit and even the beauty yes. of the spiritual gifts.
1: Yeah. Yes, it, it, it kind of reminds yeah. me the scripture where the Pharisees asked Jesus for a sign. He's like, I'm not going to give you a sign, but the sign of Jonah. He was already giving so many signs. Mm. They wanted proof. They wanted certainty. So you don't get that. You get relationship. And out of a real relationship, you're going to see all sorts of signs. But
3: it's the order. You know, the beauty of that, the order does matter because the beauty of that is when we require proof, when we require evidence, it's the one thing I began to ask uh, those around me. Why is it that we do not ask for the evidence of salvation?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We do not ask for the evidence of a calling to ministry, oh, but no, we so ask wow. for evidence huh. wow. yeah. of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And honestly, for me, when I yeah. look at the evidence, I look at is there love? Yeah, because mm-hmm. Paul seemed to focus. <laughs> Paul would a say lot that. more, yeah. putting First Corinthians yep. thirteen right in the middle. Yep. In fact, our own founder Amy Simple McPherson put a lot of emphasis. Yep on love being the evidence. Of yeah.
2: Tammy, I, one thing that both Russell and I have really come to appreciate in the research we've done for this, this particular season, where we've done a deep dive into four-score history and theology, but I have been almost shocked at how, for a Pentecostal movement, we are Jesus-centered. I mean, our, our, the four-score gospel of Jesus Christ, it's, it is all Christology. It's Jesus Christ, the yes. Savior, Healer, Baptizer, and soon-coming King. For a Pentecostal movement,
3: isn't that unique? A Jesus-centered... It's very unique. Very unique, AJ. And it is also the main reason why we ended up as four-square pastors. Yeah. Because of the centrality of Christ yes. in the movement. Yeah. the Jesus, our Savior, Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, Healer and Coming King... That whole concept around the kingdom of God with Jesus at the center of yeah. it is exactly why we believe. You know, when you come into a 4 square church, you're going to hear more about Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it,
3: we see the grace and the gifts of the Spirit everywhere, yeah. but our focus is Christ.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, and uh, Sorry. For it. No, no, no. no it's, for it. I mean, it makes me think of another conversation that we're going to have in a later episode one of the great things about Foursquare and Amy is we don't get pulled to one extreme or the other. Yeah. It's moderation. Yeah. Right. So this example, I mean, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. I went to a Methodist seminary. I have friends who I dearly love who are probably, who are part of more higher church traditions, Anglicans, Episcopalians. They will preach about the fruit of the spirit until the cows come home. Mm. But mm. for whatever reason, sort of stop themselves to really living in this risky but wonderful relationship to see the mm. gifts of the spirit mm. and on the other hand you know tammy your story coming out of the wackier pentecostal where it's all about the gifts of the spirit but then there's no love there's yeah. no joy there's no peace and yeah. what i love about Foursquare is like we're, we're not going to be pulled to one extreme or the other yeah. we're going to see both equally balanced which is what you see in jesus who is yeah. jesus full of grace and truth. How do you balance those? I don't know. He does it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's
3: why moderation is so important. Yeah. So yes. in the middle of that, you know, moderation is found in the middle. And this is where, when we talk about middle of the road, which any uh, excellent article, if you want to read on his Mrs. McPherson, right, yep, we yep. have it in the credentialing <laughs> process because it's such an important read. Yeah. When she said, it's easy to be in the middle when you get whacked on one side of the head because you're too Pentecostal Mm. by your non-Pentecostal friends. And you get whacked on the other side of the head because you're not Pentecostal enough for your Pentecostal friends. And when you get whacked on both sides of the head, it keeps you in the middle of the road. That's (laughs) the statement in that article. And that really is, I think the That's middle- awesome. Join four moderate. square.
1: We get whacked from both sides. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
3: When yes. you're in that lane, though, you can easily take hands of both sides. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're yeah. too far on either side, yeah. either extreme, it's hard to reach across and reach the other. Yeah. But when you're standing in the middle, you can easily reach both sides.
2: Okay, Tammy, as a thought experiment, okay, so just as a thought experiment, this idea that Keeping Jesus at the center, it's absolutely central. It's core to who we are. What would be, just a thought experiment, in the next 10 years, what would be some signs for us that Jesus is no longer the center? What are we going to see if we know that that's the sign that we have failed to keep Jesus at the center? Does the question make sense? When we sense? get yeah.
3: focused on anything else, AJ, I, when we start getting pulled with a fixation on anything but Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that can be a lot of things that it can almost be elusive and we can miss it. Mm. If we get too fixated on any part of the mission. Mm. That's right. If we get too fixated on any part of our ecclesiology and how to do church, Mm -hmm. any of those things, then we have lost sight of Jesus being the center of
1: all things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Acts 2, it was the deluge of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That it gave the appearance of wine. Like they had had, that, that was the charge. They've had mm-hmm. too much wine. I and mean, you think about yep. drunkenness, there is a sense there, there's something coursing through your blood. There's a certain integration where there's no inhibitions, your insides or your outsides, right? Like there's no inhibitions. Mm-hmm. There's a joy in that. What if there is something? And then everything from Acts is birthed out of that. Mission is birthed out of worship, that deep mm-hmm. love, that deep intimacy with Jesus through the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, there's something in that for yeah. us.
3: Yeah. yeah, you know the beautiful point for Pentecostals to realize, just to read Scripture and Acts, pay attention. Every time there's some sort of outpouring or sign, the sermon that follows is always about Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's there's really very little said about the outpouring itself yeah. or what has just happened. Uh, yeah. Every time the apostles stood, they would say, "This Jesus whom you crucified." <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. They begin telling the Exodus story. They begin telling the crucifixion story. They go through the heritage of Israel all the way through to this yes. coming Messiah. Very little. The only thing that's even said is where he talks about, you know, these men aren't drunk, as you suppose. Mm, yeah. But this is that which is promised. Yeah. Do you feel, Otherwise, it's all about Christ and him crucified.
2: Tammy, do you feel like in our ideological age where we are torn between CNN and Fox News, that Foursquare has a unique posture at this moment in time?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Again, AJ, that's the middle position. The middle position, you know, some people would say, well, if you're in the middle, you're not committed. Well, I would disagree with that. I believe if you're in the middle, you're committed to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Again, you're able to reach both sides from the middle. It's very difficult to reach the other side from either extreme.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I do believe our focus on Jesus at that point of moderation and being in the middle is what gives us the unique ability. I've heard a lot of pastors through this recent mm-hmm. season talk about how difficult it's been mm-hmm. just to preach Christ and his kingdom because mm-hmm. they failed to take a side. They, yep. they make a decision to not take a side. And you end up losing both people on both sides. Yes. Well, Jesus did too. Yes. Every time I hear people talking about, well, I lost so many people. I say, well, you know what? Even Jesus lost people. And yeah. He turns to the disciples and say, "Are you going to leave me too?" Right. Yeah, right. Tammy, <laughs> yes. I'm
2: curious if Amy Simple McPherson.
1: This is going to be dangerous. Anytime AJ gets yes. curious, look out! I, 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 look out! I'm curious curiosity. What you think? If Amy Simple
2: McPherson decided to join Foursquare today, what would she think about it?
3: I think she'd be really pleased at what she sees right now, A.J., that Foursquare is recognizing, like anybody else, we can get caught up in the current culture.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
3: If you're a fish, you don't know you're swimming in water. Yeah. And it's very easy for the church right now, all church, evangelical white church, especially, to get caught up in our culture and our church culture and i think she would be pleased to hear and see foursquare trying to course correct Mm -hmm. to the things that we believe we were birthed in Mm -hmm. i've shared there's a an ad that i found of all things in an american way magazine in flight (laughs) from day as a general supervisor, and I tore it out of the magazine and I keep it. And I have a picture in my phone of it all the time. And it's a number 100. And the first one and zero are mostly completed. The third digit, the other zero is not completed yet. Mm. It's just all in middle. And this is an engineering school. So there's little robots completing these numbers. And the caption says this, the blueprint to the next 10 is, or the blueprint to the next 100 is found in the first 10.
2: Mm. Interesting. And I
3: tore it out because I really <clears throat> sensed it was a prophetic word yeah. for mm. the Foursquare Church, mm. and I've used mm. it throughout the years since then. Yeah. Because I still believe that the blueprint to the Foursquare Church is found in the first 10 years.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: The things that God birthed this movement in was not just Amy, but it is important to look at. She was a young, single mom immigrant. Yeah. People don't realize how young she was yeah. when she built the temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old is she and when said, she Dig built a it? a hole and God will fill it. Early 30s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Single mom, immigrant yeah. to this nation. Yeah. And God used her to do something very unusual. So I think if she were to hear today and she would say, okay, you're really taking a focus at all people groups. Mm -hmm. She did that before it was the multi-ethnic thing to do. It was the natural thing for her to do. (laughs) You know, our cause network, she would be looking at that and saying, yes, social justice. Those were the things that we were birthed in. This is what we're supposed to do. Yes, men and women side by side. Mm -hmm. This is what we were birthed in. Yes, next gen. When the kids would jump on the sides of her car. And stand on the running board as she's coming into the parsonage and she'd take them into the kitchen and bake cookies and talk about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the focus on next gen is essential. Those things, the spirit empowered, spirit filled movement, yeah. that we don't trust the agency of man or the strategies or the greatest cultural things that we could do or, or what's happening now and where are people running to. But we are relying solely upon what is the Holy Spirit saying Mm -hmm. to the church Mm -hmm. in this hour. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that make us uniquely
1: Foursquare. Tammy, could we end with this? Because this is episode one. So as we're focusing on Jesus, that that is, if if people are tuning in, they don't know anything about Mm Foursquare, and they're wondering, who is this movement? What they're first going to hear is we are Jesus-centric. As you think back to your time as a pastor, as a supervisor, as a general supervisor, is there a moment that stands out to you where the Lord just filled your heart with pride and hope and joy about like, this is the best of Foursquare. This is why this this movement, this people exists where you're like, I am, this is what I want to see as the future Mm. of, of our tribe, of our people. There's
3: two things. Both of them were in connections, what we call our annual convention, Russell. One of them, I believe it was 2018, 2017, somewhere in there, we had asked Mark Wymore to go in and work with the children and youth hmm. in worship and songs all week long. And on the last convention, we brought all of the kids in. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we had all of the adults <clears throat> everywhere, and we had all these kids in matching yeah. t shirts. Yeah. And Mark had taught them. Songs that they were doing and sing and dance, and they filled the front. And I will never forget how overwhelmed uh, I was yeah. at all the generations together worshiping the Lord. Yeah. There had to be at least four, if not five generations. Wow. In the room wow. Worshipping God together. And it was such a profound moment. You could see every tribe and tongue, yes, male and female, every generation together united in worship. It was such a powerful moment, as well as a sense of Foursquare is in good hands. Mm -hmm. These Mm -hmm. children will be the general supervisors and the presidents (laughs) and the district supervisors and the pastors. They're right here. Mm -hmm. And they're here for the future of Foursquare, Mm -hmm. as well as today. The other moment for me was in 2014 at the Dallas Convention. And we had worked really hard. We had done twenty-three town hall meetings. We had been all over the country just listening to the heart of our pastors and leaders. And it was grueling. And we had spent hours and hours and hours in meetings and saying, "Jesus, what are you saying to us from what we've heard? What are uniquely are you Mm -hmm. speaking to our church in this hour?" Mm -hmm. And it was from that whole season. That we came to the Dallas connection with Reimagine Foursquare. Mm -hmm. The whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And we were going to do it through leader development, church multiplication, church health and transformation. And Glenn was to be ratified. The Reimagine was coming forth. I mean, it was a radical vision with five stakes that had had a lot of hours put into it, a lot of listening. And we ended our meetings feeling like this seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, Mm -hmm. but let's take it to the whole movement. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In this day and age, to get very many people to agree on something is a (laughs) major challenge. And I will never forget, I just said this to the communications department, I will never forget the moment when the usher came out and said there is a 98% Wow. Approval wow. of mm. this direction. I sat and wept yeah. because I thought, Lord, you are upon yeah. this. Your hand yep. is blessing this mm-hmm. direction of this movement in this hour <clears throat> for ninety-eight percent of us yes. to agree. Yes, and Amen, Lord.
2: Yes,
3: the whole church taking the whole yeah. gospel to yeah. the whole world. Yeah,
2: I love that. That's not in Probably. question for us. Yeah. Like that's you know that's. I wonder who the two percent are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Makes me want to have a conversation
2: <laughs> with those guys. Either way, Tammy, you're coming off your sabbatical and entering into a new season. And I want to publicly say thank you for your service. Thank to you the, so much. To the church, the Foursquare Church. Yeah. And you're not in any way done, but we are so profoundly grateful for your care and, and that you pass the baton on to this generation with such yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you, Tammy. Thank what you, Tammy. a great conversation. Um, Incredible. And yeah, we're just grateful. Grace and peace. Man, what an interview. Tammy brings so much wisdom,
0: so knowledge, much wisdom.
2: insight, history to the table and getting to hear what she has to grace. It. Yeah. You know, I I feel a sense. Maybe you feel this too. I don't, I don't know, just sort of a sense of recognizing the weight of this Jesus centered approach. I mean, there is kind of I want to be cautious against a like sentimental kumbaya Jesus that's yeah. like, let's all just get together and and right. and not recognizing the price tag that comes with being Jesus centered
1: actually being in the middle.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we're we we we're saying all this stuff about we want to be Jesus-centered and we are Jesus-centered. Right. We need to count the costs right. of what that means. Right. I mean, at least where we live in the Pacific Northwest, I'm constantly buying by my progressive friends being called a fundamentalist. Right. And I'm constantly by my conservative friends being called woke. Yep. And this like world where the name calling sort of beckons you, right. pick a side. Right. And I think Foursquare, I think one of the temptations we're going to have moving forward is are we going to pick a side or are we going to dig deeper into the way of Jesus or are we going to buy a false gospel?
1: Can I, can I quote one of the wisest people I've ever known, Treebeard from the Lord of the Rings. Wisest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why? Come on. Where he says, I am not speaking of the war that's happening. He goes, I am not altogether on anyone's side because no one is altogether on my side. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there is something, mm-hmm. and even in the crucifixion story itself, there's something about all the characters In this moment, they love some of them love Jesus, some of them did not. But they realized there was this moment where they realized it was Jesus and something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. Judas's issue. He thought for three years he followed Jesus and he thought they had the same agenda. And then he had this moment of recognition where he Mm -hmm. realized that they were going after different things. Yes. And he got out of the game. Yes. There's something about will we still choose Jesus, even when everyone else is picking alternative Mm -hmm. gods Mm -hmm. or different ideologies or or jesus and something and they go after whatever that and is well we say we'll still follow knowing it's probably going to lead us to a cross
2: yeah yeah how do you tell a denomination to to pick up your cross i mean that that, you know (laughs) individuals do that but to say to a movement we're going to do this together yeah i can only imagine that 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 will come with price tags. And, and I think we need to count that as part of the cost of following Jesus. And I loved what Tammy said. I think, I think, I think if Amy was a part of our movement, if she could get ordained in our movement, which I think she, she, she could and would, but I think she would, she would see some things. She'd go, yeah, you guys have stuck with Jesus. Right. But I also think she'd say, there's some things you've forgotten. Yeah. And, and th- so this is, we get to grow too. We yeah. need to not just celebrate, but also recognize there's ways that we can
1: grow. And I think when we talk about sticking with Jesus, there is a a word that epitomizes that would be kingdom, mm. the kingdom of God,
2: which I amazing.
1: Well, look at that transition what a right segue there. Look at that transition. Into
2: episode two, Come which on. is about the kingdom, and actually the gospels begin with the declaration, "With repent, the for the kingdom is is at hand. It's here." here. It's so here. we're going to get into the kingdom, but man, aren't aren't we grateful?
1: Jesus is Lord. Man, amen, amen and amen. All right. Till next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Same Jesus Podcast. On our next episode, Russell and AJ will dive into the topic of kingdom. Join the conversation and follow along on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify today. Make sure to subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on new episode releases and resources, and we'd love for you to share this conversation with all your friends and family. Thanks. Until next time, We will continue to rest in the fact that Jesus really is the same yesterday, today, and forever.